You're listening to When Christians Speak Online Talk Radio, broadcasting out of the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area. Today's voice crying out in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. When Christians Speak is dedicated to lifting up the name of Christ Jesus and spreading the good news. Join us for our weekly broadcast, His Abounding Grace, with Minister Vanessa Williams. That's every Tuesday at 7 p.m. On Wednesday afternoons at 1 p.m., join Reverend Gwendolyn Dixon for the Midday Glory Prayer Line. The dial-in number is 641-715-3580. The access code is 732-499. And Wednesday nights at 7 p.m., Challenge to Change, where real transformation begins with you. That's with Pastor Paul Morgan of Chosen Generation Ministries in Richmond, Virginia. On Thursdays, live at 12 noon, join Reverend Pat Randall for Declaring the Finished Work for an hour of worship, exhortation, and prayer. Reverend Ray and friends are here on Friday nights at 7 p.m. with the joy of the Lord on Friday Night Joy. Sundays at 7 p.m., join Reverend Ray for Bread of Life for a word in season. And don't forget our monthly broadcast. First Mondays of every month at 7 p.m., Be blessed with the teaching ministry of Apostle Shirley Jones on Lifeline. On third Mondays at 7 p.m., join Evangelist Louis McElwain for Adoration, a broadcast of worship and ministries on the mission field. Second Saturdays of the month, join Reverend Curtis, Reverend Novena, and Minister Jordana for Bold and Beautiful a youth and young adult broadcast setting the world on fire with the love of Jesus. All broadcast times are Eastern Standard Time. Hey family, we are excited to have two new broadcasts added to the When Christians Speak Talk Radio Network. Marriage Takeover, The Body of One, hosted by Reverend Eric and Reverend Tamika Thompson. It airs every third Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Our hosts cover a wide range of topics to help build stronger marriages. They leave nothing off the table. Our newest broadcast, R3, Real Life, Real Men, Real Talk will air every second Sunday of the month at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Our hosts, Elston Green, Cleophas Malone, Antonio Mitchell, and Ray Rose will create a space by men and for men to have real conversations. It's time to be free, men, from false standards and the expectations of society, family, and self. When Christian Speak Talk Radio is a non-profit ministry, we are dedicated to spreading the gospel of Jesus through our programs and special guests. 
We exist through the generous support of our listeners. If you are being blessed through this ministry and would like to give a love offering, go to our website and click on our donation page. Your donation will be processed through PayPal. Our prayer is that you may prosper, be in good health, even as your soul When Christian Speak Talk Radio is a 501c3 nonprofit ministry, so all of your gifts to this ministry are tax deductible. So go out to our website, www.whenchristianspeak.com, and click on our donation page. Thanksgiving, praise, worship, dance, song, missions, outreach, and Bible study. In adoration, we come before our Lord to have frank and compelling conversation with believers who embody the act of uncompromising appreciation for how the Lord provides for us and to reverence the very essence of who He is. We invite our listeners to sojourn with us to the throne of grace each month and continue to draw nigh to our Savior in love through our adoration. Give you adoration 
We give you praise. We give you worship, O Lord God, that you would be magnified in the earth and in the heavens, O God. That tonight, O Lord, that you would open up the hearts and the minds and the spirits and the souls, Lord God, of those who are listening on the program tonight that they will receive whatever it is that you have for them, O oh Lord. That, Father God, even in our conversation, that it does nothing but to give you all glory, all honor, and all praise, which you so richly deserve. We thank you, O oh God, in advance for what you will do through this hour. And we thank you, Lord God, for the anointing and for the Holy Spirit, which not only is around us, but is also within us and through us and everywhere, oh God, doing the work of ministry to give you the glory and honor that you deserve. We thank you, Lord God. We love you. We honor you. And we praise you in the matchless name of yes. Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Glory to your name, O oh God. And we praise you. Amen. Welcome, Amen. my beloved, to adoration. And we are just so excited as, uh, let me get this out the way real quick because I, I put this in my notes to make sure that I mentioned this that we want to acknowledge that this is the day that we're honoring uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And whatever uh, people have done to commemorate this day, uh, we just pray that it was done with the understanding and the knowledge of the greatness that he embodies and the love which was the uh, at the forefront of his ministry and his life. And tonight, we want to follow suit to just share love, to be able to exalt the Lord Jesus Christ in conversation and in worship. And as always, we are just so excited because we do have a special guest tonight, which I will be introducing her momentarily. But let me catch you up on some things. As many of you know, um, I took a hiatus uh, in the months of November and December because after, I think, doing a nine-episode teaching um, on um, uh, some of the things that the Lord had been sharing with me, to be quite honest with you, I had to take a break. Um, to all of the other hosts on the When Christians Speak uh, broadcast network that do this every week, I applaud you um, because I was worn out after just doing nine episodes of teachings, but I want to thank as always, uh, Reverend Ray Rose and also Pastor Pat Randall for giving me an opportunity to not only do those nine episodes, but to even uh, be able to uh, broadcast more than once a month. And so 
By the time I got to November, I said, it's time to take a break. And so November, I kind of took a rest. And in December, uh, I went to Guatemala to uh, end the year with my wife, and we had a wonderful time. I got back uh, the first part of January, and now I am refreshed, replenished, and ready to take on this wonderful new year in which we will make declaration on air that our God will be adored, he will be magnified, he will be glorified in all the earth. And this program, along with all the others on the When Christian Speak Talk radio network, are designed to give God just that kind of glory, just that kind of attention. And we want to let our audience know in advance that it's a new year, it's a new dedication, it's a new purpose, a new anointing, and we are going to magnify the name of the Lord, and we will not be ashamed of anything that he represents for we get our blessings, we get our strength, hallelujah, and we have our being through our Lord and Savior, Christ Jesus. Hallelujah and amen. I am so excited, everybody, because you can hear a voice in the background because I have the wonderful privilege of having a dear friend on the line with me. It's been a while since I have actually done an interview, and to be quite frank, I hope I remember how to do this, but we're going to press on anyhow. (laughs) But I hope it's like uh, riding a bike where, you know, they say once you know it, you, you never lose it. So we're going to assume that I remember all the principles in doing this and also be mindful that I only have an hour to do this. But without further ado, we have a young lady on the line with us tonight who is the mission chair for Metropolitan United Methodist Church in Indian Head, Maryland, and she's going to tell you more about what she does through that church. But right now, for all of our listeners, let me introduce to you Sheila Myers. Hey, Sheila. Hey, Mac. How are you? <laughs> I am doing well. <laughs> I am doing well. So, so good to have you on the air. I told you I'm crazy. You know, when we, um, we had a little time to chat uh, everybody before we actually went on live, and I just told her, I said, you know, look, this is we, we, we're going to do this as if uh, this is a regular conversation that we would be having if we didn't have uh, 327 countries potentially listening to us. But <laughs> so kind of like in the spirit um, uh, that uh, Quincy Jones had back in the day when he was doing We Are the World, when um, he had all those <laughs> artists come into the studio and uh, they had to pretty much check their egos at the door. We are going to put aside all of our titles and all of our accolades 
and tonight mm-hmm. we're just Mac and Sheila. Is that fair enough? Yeah, that is fair enough. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, and as a good friend, I'm going to put my good friend Sheila on the spot because um, Sheila, don't worry, it's not too bad. But Sheila, I just want you to share with our audience for a moment your recollections mm-hmm. on how we met. <laughs> it was through your friend. And okay. Dennis was in the office. Dennis was in the office one day, uh, talking to me about financial management. And it was the same day I believe that we have our weekly soup kitchen for the community. And he said, what is the soup kitchen about? And I started telling him how we started it and and about our backpack program. He said, well, what's the back program? I said, well, every week, this was last year, I said, every week we feed, uh, at that time it was about 160-some children every week who go home without either they don't have food on the weekends or their food is limited. He was like, what? 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 what are you talking about? I need to put you in touch with my friend Mac. I said, okay, <laughs> all right. And then you just put out church. <clears throat> and I saw the strange man come out. I said, well, I wonder who that is. And then you, and, well, see, I, Dennis would call you Mac, and you introduce yourself another way. So I said, oh, I wonder that's the same person. And then we started talking, and that's that's how we met through Dennis. <laughs> Amen. So, is it okay if I share my my side of that um, that uh, recollection yes. with our audience? Yes. Because it was a little more hilarious on my side. So, so let me tell you how it worked out. So, um, it, I'll never forget this. It was like a Saturday afternoon, um, and and my phone rings, and it's Dennis, and Dennis is like he's never been before with me anyway. He was, like, so excited, and, and, and I was like, hey, man, calm down. Calm down. What, what's going on? What's going on? And he was like, he was like, Mac, 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 you, you don't understand um, uh, what I just experienced. I'm like, okay, well, hold up. Okay, slow down and tell me what happened. And so he went on <laughs> to tell me about <laughs> how he he ran across you and I, at that point I didn't even know whether it was um I didn't know it was for the financial uh part of it and just for our audience uh uh Dennis is a wonderful person to uh make connections with if you're Uh-oh. dealing with any kind of personal finance believe me he is passionate oh God, about he that <laughs> and so, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so, at the heart of of his mission, I, I really believe that it goes beyond money. That he really is trying to get people to wake up and address their financial situations before it's too late. And so, I'm thinking. You know, I wasn't even thinking about the finance piece because the the tone of his voice, I thought something uh, on a more personal level was going on because Dennis and I have been 
friends for over 30 years, and, and we have a mutual friend who we both claim is our best friend. So he's, he's calling me, he's so excited, and then he's starting to tell me about this contingent of uh, folks that are right in the Maryland area that are, like, uh, way more than just, pop, you know, poor, and, and he's starting to just talk about uh, walking around an area of Maryland that he never realized existed, and he talked about <laughs> coming across you and about your uh, backpack food program, and, you know, I, I brought your name up, Mac, because I think that maybe y'all could work together. I mean, he was so intense, and I had to slow him down and say, it's all right, Dennis, because this is what I do. I deal with impoverished people all over the world. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, and and he's going to probably get me for um, uh, having a little fun at his expense. But the more important issue is, and, and for our audience to understand, is that you don't have to go outside of the United States in order to find people that are living under tents or uh, mm -hmm. living in some questionable situations with no idea how they're mm -hmm. going to be fed. We can find that in the state of Maryland. We can go to Detroit. We can go anywhere uh, across the United States and be able to find situations. In every neighborhood, there is that. I guarantee you, every neighborhood has. You may not see it, but it's there. Absolutely. Because I guess you, uh, that's your way of saying that um, there are a lot of people that are suffering in silence. And, and, and we don't even know. And a lot of people still don't, they still can't believe that there are homeless people out here in their neighborhood. That's what I'm still dealing with. That their children yeah. Yeah. who go home every weekend without food. It's like, what do you mean? I said they go home without. They don't have food. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I mean, you know, I I frequent the Baltimore area, and I literally uh, see these folks on a daily basis. And um, over the years, have uh, come to know quite a few of them, and have seen uh, many of these folks be able to transition from that state into uh, better living circumstances. And so uh, getting back on point, um, what happened was Dennis was so excited and so like wanting me to at least meet with you that mm -hmm. I took it upon myself to just say, you know what, I'm just going to go to church because um, – I figured, you know, if I didn't run into you, at least I would be able to run into somebody who knew you and to at least let the church know that, hey, I'm here and um, interested in seeing how, uh, you know, my organization, Thirst No More, could, uh, you know, could assist in what you guys are doing. And at that point, I really didn't know what you were doing, but I knew that, um, at least I wanted to find out because uh, we are always interested in doing uh, some partnering and 
short-term uh, programs with other ministries. So um, the, the the blessing is is that not only did I attend a wonderful church service where everybody's wondering who is this guy, <laughs> but um, finally <laughs> got a chance to meet you. And then, if you remember, hijacked your time and your office for another couple of hours or so after the service. You remember that? Yes, you did. (laughs) But we we talked like we had known each other for years. That was the the, the great thing about it. Absolutely. And and, and I knew uh, the moment that I met you that I I had met, um, you know, uh, a a spirit that uh, I would end up, somehow or another working with, and on top of that, just a wonderful, uh, nice person as well. So uh, I was really excited, didn't quite know at that point um, what we could do organizationally. And I think in that that first go-around, we ended up just giving you a small uh, financial uh, donation because we had already kind of mapped out our – uh, year as far as what we could take on, and so I kind of talked my board of directors into, hey, can I just throw one other little small thing in, et cetera, et cetera, right. and I'll just work it myself. <laughs> right. um, and they and they were more than agreeable with that. Uh, but then uh, in that second year, uh, through my um, at that point, my uh, uh, outreach coordinator, Tracy Price, um, we were able to come across some uh, food through FEMA. And that food uh, ended up uh, being useful for what you're doing. And I'm trying to be a little subtle because I'm going to give you the opportunity to actually share what you do. But I was just really encouraged that, we were able to make a connection and then turn that around to then supply uh, your effort so that we can get some folks fed out there. So, Sheila, I'm just, I've already gone way deeper than I planned to in in this introduction. So I'm going to reel it back just a little bit because before we get into what, you're actually doing through Metropolitan United. I want to talk a little bit about you for a moment. And again, with my audience listening, I want you all to just understand that part of uh, the questions I'm getting ready to ask mm-hmm. are not to put my guests on the spot, but to let you know that there are many ways that uh, guests come to Christ. And Sheila, I want you to just share for a moment whatever you feel comfortable with sharing as far as your upbringing and your introduction to Jesus. Well, my grandfather, my father's father, was a United Methodist pastor. Uh, Back in the early, I think he started back in the early 40s and 50s. And that was when they had, uh, they call them circuit rider pastors, where they had three churches they had to circulate through. So um, through that, I have a cousin who's a pastor, 
So we were just brought up in a very spiritual home. Um, we were all involved. My parents always taught us God first, family second, and serving third. So we were always serving. There wasn't a ministry in church. Um, my father did Meals on Wheels even through his 90s. He's 93. We just stopped him uh, not too long ago. Meals on Wheels or serving for the homeless or my mom headed up an outreach ministry and church for about 20 years and still working in it. So we always were in church. Um, you know, back in the day, there wasn't such a thing as uh, you didn't go to church on Sunday. If you went to a party, anything on Saturday, you know you better be to church on Sunday. There wasn't such a thing back in the day of sports and all these other things that are going on now. You were in church. So, that's where we got our um, upbringing from, and um, even now, every night, uh, I live with my parents. I care for them, and every night, we come together at 10 o'clock and say corporate prayer before we go to bed, so that Amen. that was my upbringing. Yeah, we still do that. We still have Sunday dinner together with my other brother, and uh, it's always been family. Wow, that's beautiful. So, so... Um, but but let me ask this question: When I know you were brought up in that type of environment, but when mm-hmm. did you know for yourself that Jesus was your choice? Jesus was my Does that choice. Make sense? I, yeah, I know I accepted Christ when I was uh, seventeen. But I really became dedicated to working for the Lord and knowing what it was all about, I would say, in my early 30s. Okay. And, um, you know, it's, it's one thing, you know, when you go up front and say, you know, I give, you give your life to Christ when you're young, but to really experience it and understand it and walk in it is different. And that's what I was able to do later. And I always wanted to be a missionary, I always I would say, I want to be a missionary. I want to go overseas. I want to go to this country to be a missionary. But I'm doing my missionary work right here in the community. And God has spoken to me many times about, okay, Sheila, this is what you're supposed to do. And I'm just walking in his walk. Wow. Yeah. And I can relate. At least I can relate to that part of it. So, again, Mm -hmm. a lot of my audience might know this, but, again, just to give um, a comparison, so you grew up in that type of environment, and I did not. Now, I am, uh, let's see, my grandfather uh, was a pastor, and that skipped over my dad, and then mm. I ended up uh, getting into the ministry, um, uh, accepting my call as an evangelist. Um, mm-hmm. But the thing is, is that I didn't, I didn't even really experience the church until I was mm-hmm. 29 years old. So mm-hmm. we, we didn't, I, I, my family didn't, we didn't, uh, we didn't do any of the things that you all were doing. Um, I did, uh, I did go to church every Sunday uh, for mm-hmm. a while when I was younger. Um, it was kind of like. They dropped me off 
<laughs> and um, picked me back up. It was one of those situations. Right. But what happened with me was that around 29, after having lived uh, for the uh, lack of a better way of putting it, really an anti-Christ life, um, mm-hmm. I kind of got to my own crossroads and it was like, um, this is not working. And maybe this Jesus who I've been making fun of for the last 29 years, maybe he's the answer after all. And I had my own experience in actually receiving him honestly uh, for mm-hmm. the first time and there's been no regrets since. Um, but similar to you is is that you said that you were you felt like you were pulled immediately into missions. Yeah. I, I felt I felt similar, like I just like it was like I felt like I, I committed my life to Christ and immediately I was just out there doing outreach and just going out on the street and God knows that was not my upbringing. I, I grew up middle class and uh, being uh, going to somebody's uh, um, uh, you know street corner and preaching and sharing that was not my experience at all. But I was compelled to do that, and so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm only fleshing these things out because I need my audience to understand that no matter what direction, no matter what avenue that you come mm-hmm. to Christ, that when you get there, he has an assignment for you. <laughs> Amen. And, so <laughs> yes, yes. And so we're not just sitting around being comfortable in our salvation. There's a work to be done. So I, I want to just applaud you for um, – Knowing it, not just knowing it actually, but to actually to walk in it. So I'm I'm setting you up for kind of my next question, which okay. is how does how does and when did uh, Metropolitan United Methodist when did they come into play? So far as the the, the program I'm in, or just in my life? What do you mean? Just in your life for right now. Well, I live across. I we used to walk the church. Okay, okay. and uh, it's a church that I grew up in, and I can okay. still remember the we say the old days of church when uh, when it was the wooden church and the, the rickety benches and the church ladies in the front. So I, I, I look at that as my foundation. That's when church was really church to me. And okay. you know, <laughs> I mean, that's when, you know, you would in in summer, you know, we didn't have AC, we'd crack the windows and be hot and the wind would be cold. I, I just I just remember that as being church, you know, it was just like everyone wants to read. It wasn't uh it wasn't the, the monitors and all the things that you have now. You just got down to some real church. And I, I look at okay. that as my, as my real background. And even back then, I was uh, a youth leader, and uh, we had our Sunday school. So all of that was just ingrained in me. And Metropolitan has just been a part of my life. It's been really been my life, all of my life. Wow. 
Wow, that's incredible. And yeah, so, it was such a lucky huh? church because we had it was one of the few black churches in the Charles County area. Um, Pamunkey High School was one of the first black high schools in Charles County. And we had a connection with that where most of our members were educators. So back then, okay. you know, your teacher uh, in school was also a member of the church. So can you imagine how that was? Right. So the, the community and, uh, you know, if we did something wrong in school, then we knew we'd hear it because they knew our parents and so all, I think all of that upbringing was, was part of my spiritual upbringing, too. That's fabulous. Um, so, um, you know, I did do a little bit of homework uh, in preparation for tonight. So um, answer okay. this question for me. How does Pastor George Hackey, Jr., how does he fit into all of this? Reverend Hackey has been our pastor for 11 years, and in the Methodist okay. Church, as opposed to Baptist Church and some other churches, the conference assigns you ministers. So he's been our pastor okay. for the past 11 years. As a matter of fact, he will retire this June. Um, and uh, so he is in, um, how can I say it? I think each pastor, when they come, they bring a certain thing. Uh, their assignment from God has been, I think Reverend Hackett's assignment has been to bring more praise to our church. And he is through community oriented. He's a former uh, Montgomery County police officer. But he was able to fit in with the sheriffs in the county and local police officers to spearhead like football camp for uh, underprivileged kids and uh we did a thing called uh, Black Lives Matter and Blue Lives Matter, too. So we had the police, uh, the sheriff's department to come in and talk to people about one-on-one and black crime and police, how, how, how the police interact with, with young black men in the community. So Reverend Hackey is very, very, very uh, mission-oriented. He has uh, been very supportive of our weekend backpack program. Um, just when I say, oh, I don't know, Pastor, where are we going to get the food from? He's like, Sheila, pray on it. It's like, oh, okay. Pastor, right before Christmas, as we were packing uh, the last of the food for before winter break, one of my volunteers said, oh, Sheila, you should see the shelves. I went, oh, no, please don't tell me that. She said, we have no food. I said, no food? She said that the shells were bare, and she took pictures and texted them to me, and I almost passed out. So, okay, uh, wow. we'll get through it. And as God is, God is always able. Um, we rallied and asked for donations, and uh, we're able to, we were able to get some food. So okay. he's always there, and he's, he's a great pastor and uh, provides spiritual guidance and Helps me out when I need to be lifted up. So now I need to share with my audience, and, and you'll you'll get a laugh out of this. Maybe that's why uh, the second time that I walked into the church when uh, we were actually 
making of food delivery. Maybe that's why I felt compelled to go into the sanctuary and kind of give the church a mini concert. You remember that? You sure did. <laughs> you were like, wow. Just walked in there and maybe went to the piano and just made himself a Thank you, brother. <laughs> Yeah, maybe maybe it's that spirit of uh, praise and worship. Maybe that must have hit me because I surely, um, I surely didn't want to leave. And I think the only reason I did leave is because uh, uh, Myra, my wife, said um, it's time to go. <laughs> I think after you sang your second or third song, she was like, "Yeah, I think it's time to go." <laughs> yes. <laughs> But but your members there encouraging me to go on. <laughs> I know we kept saying more, more, more. She's like, Mm-mm, he needs to be cut off right now. <laughs> exactly. I did thank you personally, but I want to thank you on the air for the generous, beyond generous donation of food for our backpack program. Um, you will never know how much you helped us with the donations because our numbers went up this year. Wow. Wow. When we started the program three years ago, we started because I was reading in the county paper about this couple who would go into the woods in Waldorf, Maryland, to seek out homeless who were living in the woods and would take them food. And we had a snowstorm and they took some of their money and put a few people up in a hotel. Well, I got in touch with them, and they were talking about the Weekend Backpack Food Program, which I had never heard of. And they started telling me about kids who lived on my side of the county. Uh, some were living in the woods. Some families were living in – one family I had was living in an abandoned airplane that needed tarps. So we started out with three schools. It went from three to five, and this year we have six. And each week from October to June, we feed over 200 kids every weekend that either have no food or the parents are working menial jobs and they can't, they just can't afford to pay. If you have to make a decision between, okay, are we going to pay the house note, the electric bill, car insurance, or food? More than likely, food is going to go by the wayside because you have to pay the more important things. So um, that's what we do every week, 200 kids. And last week I got a call from two more schools Okay. to see if we could help them. I went, oh, Jesus. Jesus, keep me in the car. Yes, yes. Sheila, um, just for our audience, because, you know, we're talking with the full knowledge of what's going on, but kind of share with the audience what's happening right there in Charles County with the children as far as the availability of food, et cetera, et cetera. Well, in Charles County, and I'm sure there are other programs in other states, uh, there is a while a serious homeless situation in our county. You have the the western side of the county is the more impoverished side of the county. That's where I live. 
And uh, you have a lot of families who um, uh, husband and wife may work, say both may work at McDonald's and not make enough money. One person may get sick and they can't afford to, to feed everyone. Or you just may have kids who are living with, I have this year, or kids who are staying with family members because parents can't make it. So what the schools have asked us to do is on weekends to pack non-perishable food. We have a food list that we give out. And we order food. We, we, we pack bags every Tuesday. have a group that comes in and stocks the shelves. And then we deliver to three elementary schools and three middle schools. And then they have, the schools have backpacks. They are um, just plain backpacks so that when the kids get on the bus, the other kids can't really tell what's in the backpack because we don't want them shunned because some kids are shunned. There are more kids who need food, but they are ashamed to take the food home. I I found that out. Okay. So the schools distribute the bags every weekend, and the kids bring the bags back on Monday to get more food. In addition okay. to that, we okay. have a program in the county called Safe Night, which is from October to April. Um, churches in the county take one week to house the homeless for one week, say from a Sunday to Sunday. So we'd ha- we had our Sunday, our week, uh, the last week of November. And in previous years, we had maybe 30, but maybe maybe 33 people that we would house. This year we had about okay. 62, and the number's gone up to over 70 for other churches. Okay. And, yeah, so that's all a part of, uh, the, of helping the homeless also. Yeah. I, I want to um, just commend you for the work that you have been doing, Um um, I, I was uh, when when Dennis first brought it to my attention, um, I was genuinely touched. And when I got an opportunity to meet you and to really talk to you about it, uh, because I, I didn't even realize that uh, that was going on uh, in Charles County, um, that in that particular uh, area and that particular need. So I mean, I was educated myself and. Um, there was no way that uh, we could turn away from, uh, you know, the the need to be able to, you know, feed our children. You know, um, so many times in the Christian community, um, we're so busy leading with scripture and with uh, our own agendas that we forget that there's a, a natural need that needs to be met before they can ever hear about your gospel. And, you know, <laughs> and um, it is so important um, that we as a society t- to really take on the needs of those who are not as fortunate. You know, the the, the old adage is, is that all of us are just uh, a couple of paychecks away from being Amen. homeless. And, Amen. you know, this is life. This is life. And, you know, every day that we're able to have shelter, and, and just for my audience, uh, because we are actually on the East Coast, 
we're experiencing some pretty intense uh, low temperatures for this area. And so, you know, we're on a phone line tonight in the comforts of wherever we are, and there are uh, people that don't have that privilege. And let me just diffuse something right here, um, that it's not always because of alcohol and drugs. They're just life circumstances, you know, and I know that you're familiar with that, Sheila, that just come into play and people are overwhelmed and devastated by life happenings and they find themselves in situations where they don't have food, they don't have proper shelter. So I just wanted to applaud you and commend you for the work that you are doing. It is really, it it has really blessed me to know you and um, not just to know you, but to continue to work alongside you um, as you address those needs. Yes. So I am truly blessed to have known you to know you too, Mac. It's um uh, it's been a pleasure. It's not only when we talk about the community, but just brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen. Amen. And I, I do owe you a visit, not not necessarily for this, but just a church visit. I need to come and uh hang out with you all again. <laughs> Uh, and I will find some time in 2019 to do that. Um, and just for uh, transparency, um, I will I will say this on air so that it will be locked in forever. Um, we always have our board meeting in February, so I have a board meeting coming up that will determine in some aspect how we will. Um, address you guys in this upcoming year. So you'll hear from me uh, at some point probably in the latter part of February uh, to see what we can do in order to continue to be a blessing as you continue to bless so many that are in need. I really do commend you for that. with with that said, though, all, do you have? Thank you for commending oh, me, but it's all. Thank you for commending me, but it's all God. I just work through Him. There is no way Amen. I can get through what I without Him. No way. Amen. I hear you, but you know what? I'll tell you this: many are called, few are chosen. Okay. <laughs> um, and oh, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Oh, okay. No, I I was just saying that um, we all have the ability to be um, compelled to do these kind of things, but you know, like I know, that not too many actually just follow through and really do what it takes to get the job done. So um, we know that God, through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, is the avenue and uh, he always gets uh, the, uh, the the glory, the credit, the honor. But I, I do, I have to commend you for being consistent, being on the wall to do whatever it takes um, to uh, bless that community. And I, I wanted to ask this, 
um, because believe it or not, like I promised you, our hour is wrapping up really quick. <laughs> um, <laughs> I told you, the minute you get into it, it is like we, we've got to say so long. But um, do you have any particular goals or um, aspirations for this coming year? My goal is to, my heart is telling me, and I don't know if it's my heart, the Holy Spirit is tapping on my shoulder saying, okay, Sheila, but there are more schools that need food for the, for the children. I always go, oh, but we don't have enough food, but God always provides, and I would like to take on some more schools because the kids need food. Amen. That's Amen. Amen. So, uh, let's do this. As I said, after um, uh, my February meeting, let's let's make some time and chat and chew in a little more detail than we want to share on air, and just see mm-hmm. what we can do organizationally to work together to um, increase uh, the number of lives that are touched by the wonderful things that you guys are doing, and also. Take this time right now to just tell people how they can help, where they can help, when they can help, whatever you need to share. How can they get in touch with you? They can get in touch with me either through the church number, which is 301-375-9088, or my cell at 301-326-0369. And we can talk about the program and the type of food that we need. We're always in need of ramen noodles. We're always in need of water and beverages for the kids. We always run out of that. And oatmeal, those are the major things that we need. So if anyone can help us out with food, that would be great. Amen. Amen. Monetary donations are always welcome, but we, we love to have the food too. Praise God. And just uh, uh, for a little more information for our audience, um, if you go to, let me see, I've got it here now, Um, MetroUMCIndianHead.com, which is the uh, Metropolitan... Uh, United Methodist Church website. Um, there is a section that um, uh, focuses on the backpack program that also has a PDF that has the listing of the different items that you need. Yes. And, and so, yeah, so we want to make sure our audience can even after this call, that they can go out and be able to be a blessing for you. Um, As I said, Sheila, it has been so great to have you as our special guest and our, our first guest in the new year. So you are literally opening up the avenue for abundant blessings for this ministry here at Adoration and When Christian Speak Talk Radio. It has been wonderful um, hanging out with you this evening. (laughs) 
Amen. And so I'm going to make um I'm going to make our leadership at Win Christian Speak Talk Radio. I'm going to make them very happy because I'm going to actually end our broadcast on time for a change. <laughs> but <laughs> because you know, like I know Sheila, I can go, and the next thing I'm over, and um, uh, we're still talking, and nobody's hearing. So, <laughs> um, again, much thanks. You can say one thing for Joe. There is a quote yeah, that John yeah. Wesley, who's a father of Methodism, yeah. has that I keep in my heart. It says, do all the good you can by all the means you can, in all the ways you can, in all the places you can, at all the times you can, to all the people you can, as long as ever you can. Amen. Amen. Well, you know what? I believe that that was the perfect way to end our program tonight. Once again, for um, our audience uh, at Adoration, we love you uh, with all the love in our hearts that's given to us by way of Christ Jesus. Be encouraged by things that you hear and uh, the conversation that has taken place. We love you, and all we want is the best for you, and the best for you can only come by way of Christ Jesus. Amen. We love you. Amen, brother. Love you too, brother. Amen. All right. With that said, beloved, have a wonderful night. Be blessed, and we will see you next month. All right. Take care. Love you, everyone. Love you all. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.